Welcome to Wait Wait What, a podcast where we talk about psychology and business and everything in between. Uh, I'm Yem, a business consultant and a business journalist. Uh, joining me is Chua. Chua is a psychiatrist and of course a, I guess, health commentator. Um, let's start with uh, the big news. How are you Chua by the way? I'm good, I'm good. I'm interesting health commentator. So I sit back and comment on how the blood flow is doing in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start uh, <laughs> with uh, the big news uh, of the week segment. Okay. So what's happening this week? Actually, this whole month. Yep, in the big news of the week segment, we're looking at some of the uh, ideas revolving uh, International Women's Day on the 8th of March. Uh, also, some of the key issues when it comes to women and tech. Uh, there are issues of vile experiences of women in tech, for instance, that was reported by The Economist. Uh, and the technology industry, of course, has been talking about how uh, the industry itself vaunts on meritocracy, yet it is roundly criticized for being unwelcoming to women in ways large and small. Say, for instance, in America, for instance, uh, women hold just 25% of jobs in computing and leave the tech and engineering sectors at twice the rate of men. So they leave the sector twice the rate of men. Now, the situation is worse for women of color. Black women, for instance, hold only 3% of jobs amongst women's in, women in tech. Latina women, just 1% in America. The same can be seen from across the world. Gender imbalance is indeed a global problem. Say, for instance, in Britain, uh, Europe's main tech hub, supposedly, just 15% of women actually work in STEM areas. That is science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Uh, and only 5% of leadership positions are occupied by women. In Malaysia, the same can be said here. All the tech companies in Malaysia, without exception, is being led by men. However, we do have glimmers of hope. Say, for instance, Zulera um, is uh, leading the uh, uh, tech sector involvement there. And perhaps we can see growth in that area. But, you know, when we talk about one woman in tech, that's not representative of the situation. It is actually quite the opposite way. So, Chua, let's talk a little bit more about uh, International Women's Day, women in tech, and you know, the idea of how do we get women to uh, be involved in industry even a lot more better. Right. I think it's not so much of um, whether we are training enough women to get into um, tech, STEM. Uh, in, that, in that regard, we're doing a lot already. We're making it a lot more accessible for women and girls to uh, get trained in STEM. Um, the issue would, I think, be in actually getting employers to take them on uh, as fresh graduates and later on in their careers to retain them uh, or to take them back after they take a break um, to take care of family. Uh, something needs to be done here. Um, instinctually, when a woman uh, or a person um, identifies herself as a woman, it, it is unquestionable that there yeah. will be instincts to take care of the family, to take care of the children and all that. Yeah. Uh, in today's day and age, um, despite cultural changes and all that, this is still prevalent. So... I yeah, guess what's in it for the companies to retain and to allow women to come back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are we 
are we saying that there that women cannot contribute as much if not the same uh, if it's not more than men in the stem sector yeah and of course we're looking also at uh you know punitive measures against women say for instance women in tech in specific um we've had a lot of transgressions of women say for instance uh, sorry we've had a lot of transgressions of people in tech um from data breaches and all the other stuff but the one that actually goes to jail is only one at least in the US which is Theranos founder um uh, Holmes and and Elizabeth Holmes and that is emblematic right you have a lot of men in tech who do nasty things violating laws um violating ethics none of them go to jail so that is something to ponder about Okay, there's plenty to unpack here. Joining us very shortly is our good friend, Ivan Ivatoviks. But before that, we'll go into our next segment called Meanwhile. Right. Um, In this segment, Meanwhile, we want to show you some of the ideas on what's happening around the world when it comes to the topics of the day that we're discussing. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Invest Malaysia was done very recently. Uh, this is the key event when it comes to uh, the situation of uh, trying to attract foreign investors to invest in Malaysia. There were 10 speakers in total, including the Prime Minister and a bunch of ministers and the moderators. And Mia Kolpa, myself as well, being the MC, all of them were men. Seated in the hall were 500 people. And the first two rows were filled with men. I have video evidence of this. And this event was done on the 8th of March, which is International Women's Day. So I I really feel that that was not cool at all. I really feel that that was... Yeah, so everybody who attended felt the same way. But everything is afterthought. It's, yeah, <laughs> including people who saw my videos. I don't know. What do you think, Chua? I think that um, gender gap is prevalent. It is... Um, happening in every sector but why is it that this year UN um, wants to focus on digital world innovation technology it's because as compared to all the other sectors where women are left behind treated with misogyny discriminated against the digital world, the innovation, technology, and science world is rapid, fast, and it is far-reaching. So the impact of this digital gender gap is much, much greater than all the others. Thanks for staying on with us. Uh, We are now entering this uh, segment called Friends of Wait, Wait. Uh, joining us um, on the line is Ivan Ivatovic. He's an executive coach, corporate trainer, and jiu-jitsu coach, instructor, martial artist. How are you, Ivan? Okay. Hey, there hello, you go. Friends. Everything is good yeah. to go. Yes. You know, boomer can handle the technology. Rest. Proud of myself. <laughs> uh, we're going to take the quick wins. Uh, I'm, I'm doing amazing, guys. Uh, first of all, it's so good to see you after so many years. Obviously, I see you uh, on the interwebs, but seeing you in person is an extreme Extreme um, cool feeling. So yeah, happy to be here this morning and um, you know, trying to be myself at this early hour, which is what, okay, 10 is not that early. So I'm okay, <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 
Yeah. So we were talking about how to make the uh, digital world specifically, but in general business world, uh, more friendly towards women, less discrimination. And then there were certain things that we were talking about. Number one was uh, when it comes to STEM training um, in universities and um, schools. We don't really have that problem here locally because women, girls are getting trained in STEM fields. However, that's not reflected in the workforce. Uh, you've got about 50 to 60% um, in universities and schools being represented by women, but in the workforce, it's only about a third, um, if, 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 if at all. And then retention is also another problem. So in my head, so this is a problem with the employers, with the workforce itself. Um, so you're you're a corporate trainer, uh, executive yeah. trainer. So how how do you think um or what have you done in the past to like you know help address this? Um, is there a need for us to well train them to accept women more? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think so. First of all, I think it's a very important question considering it was International Women's Day just yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a, I'm a great advocate for female empowerment. I mean, you know, the most important individuals in my life are, are women, are, are females, my mom, my wife, my daughter. And I think it's very important that, um, uh, you know, women get the acknowledgement and equality they deserve um, in today's uh, world, you know, um, and in terms of work and professional advancement. So I think there are a few issues here. One is um, the whole question of still a lot of the time, women are forced to choose between being a mother and a housewife and between having a career. And I think a lot of the time they are penalized, they are punished for taking time off uh, for having a family. And I think for that to change, um, obviously companies um, organizations needs to become more sensitive to that, you know, and not to look at a woman as a liability who may quit or may take maternal leave, uh, you know, maternity leave at some stage, um, rather look at it as an asset. So I think, I think that's the, you know, that's the change we need from companies, basically, um, you know, uh, you know, being open about that and, 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 you know, acknowledging the fact that, you know, women very often wear two hats. Secondly, I think this comes down to husbands, right? The idea that uh, you know women shouldn't have two jobs, um, housework should be should be equally shared, and I think this is something that we need to train actually young men who are gonna become husbands, right, and fathers uh, to take um, a 50-50 um, you know share of the of of the housework, uh, so that there is uh, that there is an equality and the women are not overburdened with household chores. Um, so I think the second one, the, you know, the third piece of the puzzle for me is actually for women to become more assertive. So I think there is sometimes a bit of uh, what we call learned helplessness, you know, it's like, oh, I am, I'm supposed to be kind of gentle and soft, and I'm not supposed to be assertive. And I think this is why sometimes women are not able to um, kind of break the glass ceiling. You know, one is the culture of the company, but also because they hold back and they don't want to be, you know, the bad bitch. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to be right. So I think I think, you know, these are the three pieces of the puzzle, you know, the, the you know, company culture, um, you know, how we raise young men, you know, the kind of husbands to be. And number three, having more assertiveness uh, in terms of, um, you know, being a woman and, you know, having it all. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Um, the training should start or actually the introduction of what 
gender roles are and how actually gender roles are not rigid um, should start from the very beginning. So we're looking at a better future for the younger generations. Um, but how about those who are already in the workforce? Because um, essentially when you're looking at an organizational psychology, how an organization thinks and works together, um, it's bi-directional. Uh, leadership will shape how the workplace culture is and workplace culture will shape who and how the next generation of leaders are. Um, is there a role um, for organizational psychology to come in, corporate trainers like you to come in and how, how do we improve the situation for Malaysian women? I, I think that's a great question and I think Honestly, like, like any change, it starts with awareness, right? And I think a big thing we, can, we should be working on is especially for men, for corporate leaders to really understand uh, what it means to be a woman, you know? And I think that, that that is very important because I think a lot of the time, um, even though you, you, know, you might have a wife or you might uh, you know, have even a daughter or obviously everyone had a mom, right? But, there is not a clear understanding of what it feels to be a woman in a corporate environment. So my, my thing would be is, is how do we create more awareness um, in the current mostly male leadership at the, let's say at the sea level, right? Where they really understand that, you know, women are an asset, but also they have a different set of challenges um, that they are dealing with. And I think once you understand then you know, people can empathize. And, and, and I don't mean sympathy as in, oh, pity you, you poor female, but as in like really understanding, um, you know, what can I do as a male leader to enable my female colleague uh, to, you know, to really shine, right? You know, what are those adjustments that I can make? You know, whether that's corporate policy, whether that's just the way I manage, whether that's in terms of, uh, you know, the assignments or whatever the case might be. So I think it starts with, you know, having an opportunity to really understand and really take an interest in, in what it is to be a female corporate figure, you know, and then, and then I think, you know, that's a strong foundation. I don't know, what, what do you think? What's your, what's your take on this? I do believe that policymakers have to step in. Um, there should be more female representative um, as a policymaker for there to be a change or an interest to make change in the first place. <laughs> Yeah. So on the flip side, though, are men also having that kind of pressure to always perform, to always seem, you know, to be able to cope with all the burdens, um, be the boys' boy, boys' man, you know? Um, and I understand that other than corporate training, you also run a jiu-jitsu dojo. So is this perpetuating that idea? Because when you perpetuate the idea that man is powerful, all encompassing and women should be sheltered is this not perpetuating the idea that you know women should be at home they shouldn't be leaders in digital world yeah absolutely um and i think that that again this is something we need to move past right these kind of stereotypes uh, are, are there as a result of history and culture sometimes religion and i think that um we okay. know now enough you know we know now enough about uh, psychology uh, that, you know, this is not healthy, right? And so, yeah, you know, coming to, you know, I am a, I am a lifelong martial artist and one of the big misunderstandings 
about martial arts. It's all about toxic masculinity. I'm gonna beat you up. And and what I what I try to teach my students is that you have to be a balanced uh, human being, um, meaning that yes, you have to have strength, but real strength is actually kindness, is actually gentleness, and actually jujitsu. The word itself stands for the gentle art, uh, which basically means you don't have to use force or pure strength uh, to be victorious. Sometimes it is the gentle way uh, that is the right way. So I think that, yes, it is time to move beyond stereotypes and it's time for men. Um, I mean, this is a cliche to get in with your, you know, to get in touch with your feminine side. But I think there's a lot of truth in it, right? It is okay for a guy to cry. It is okay. Uh, to say I'm 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 lost. It is okay to say uh, I need support. And in the same way, uh, same way, being a woman, it is okay to be strong. Uh, strong. It is okay to to take charge. Um, so the, you know we are you know yin and yang, right? We are, we are a mixture of both of these things. And you know uh, we tend to one side or the other. But to be a full spectrum human being, we need to explore the other side. And I think we need to create spaces where this exploration is safe and is encouraged and and you know for example in my in my dojo this is one of the things i try to do with the young men but also with i have i have female students who are actually there to explore their warrior side right um so yeah i think i think it's time to move beyond these stereotypes and i think a lot we are stronger together right i mean this is this is the idea that when we come together um, as men and women, we can produce beautiful things. And by that, I, ju I, ju you know, I don't just mean families, right? I mean, that is the, the, the amazing thing about human beings is that we combine and, and you know, we build civilizations, right? So yeah, uh, you are absolutely right. It's, it's, it's time to move beyond these um, fixed stereotypes of what it means to be a man or a woman. Okay. That's great. Um, so just recently, um, the Minister of Health, um, Dr. Zaleha, she has mentioned that a lot of the issues with when it comes to um, non-communicable, communicable, 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 I can't pronounce it, <laughs> non-communicable, communicable. Communicable. I, I can't pronounce it today. The NCDs. Uh, NCDs. NCDs. Okay. So the you major cannot communicate communicable. <laughs> so the main okay. bulk. I, I think I get. I try. I think I get what you mean when you say dad jokes. I mean to to give it off is something else, but to get it from Ivan, I, I'm like very. I would call that very cringy. Like okay, I get it. Dad jokes. Well, now, now you know. Now you know. I'm the mirror, brother. I'm the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, try. go ahead. All right. So, right. So, Minister of Health, Dr. Zaliha, has recently mentioned that the bulk of NCDs that we're looking at right now is actually the rise of um, depression, anxiety, uh, burnout. And the bulk of those who are having these problems are actually young women and children, especially girls. Uh, so one of the things that, you know, they're thinking of doing or they're actually carrying out already are programs to basically help them cope, channel frustrations, um, come up with different ways to actually cope with life stresses. All right. And 
one of the greatest things that we could do is actually to increase all those happy hormones, dopamines, adrenaline, all right, and serotonin. A great way to do that is actually with um, sports and recreational activities, physical activities, really. So what are we doing um, if we're not, you know, um, cooperating with each other, networking, working together between ministers. So we have the minister Ministry of Health talking about how we should be doing more sports, more uh, recreation activities, etc. Um, it should start from the young generation. Uh, however, right now, what I'm seeing is that we're working backwards. Um, do you see the same problem in the corporate world, in the business world, Yeah, Are you seeing more of CEOs being involved with, you know, uh, the Tour de France and all this uh, uh, bicycle, cycling, racing no, activities, it's, it's, but not so much those who are in the rank and file? It's, it's disingenuous because um, every company has a corporate social responsibility budget. And when they want to disperse this, it's normally in the fourth quarter of their fiscal year. And when they do want to disperse this, suddenly the company becomes all green, all community-based, all ESG, all SDG, all DEI, all this. But then uh, you know, uh, throughout the, the rest of the three quarters, they are profit-making, they don't want to spend so much on this, or if anything, they have allocated a certain amount of resources to their foundation, and then they just, you know, let the foundation of that particular corporate do their thing. Um, and then, you know, they just don't want to deal with it. And if there are ribbon-cutting moments, then these kind of uh, corporate captains go and cut the ribbons and then, you know, give a really nice press release that was crafted handily by their corporate comm team or their PR agency. That is what I see every day. However, there are glimmers of hope when you know once in a while i speak to the ceos and then the ceo is truly like embracing these kind of diversity conversations and um you know green energy conversations questions that are really meaningful for the environment for the community and for the people and for women but it's extremely rare uh, to see these kind of conversations take place amongst the CEOs. So it's dis disingenuous at best uh, when it comes to uh, corporate captains trying to address this question head on. Unless, unless the CEO themselves are women and see this as a problem and then try to address this firsthand. But otherwise, I don't see men CEOs seeing this as a priority. They don't see it as an obstruction, nor do they want to see this fail. Of course not. But to make it change, no, I, I don't see it. So um, it seems like corporates and businesses in Malaysia are just getting on to this whole um, SDG, DIE, well, flagship, basically, the wagon. Um, when are they going to truly be pro-social? Um, especially when we talk about pro-socialism at workplace, the work culture itself is pro-social, not the business alone having um, aims or goals to contribute back to the society but pro-sociality is actually everything all encumbered so do you see this not happening unless they all sit for psychology classes in universities what who, who is the question directed to yeah, i'm trying yeah. to figure that out not me <laughs> yes oh. uh <laughs> I, I, look, it's it's a societal change. I think we discuss this uh, uh, quite frequently now. Um, it's a societal change. It requires people to change uh, as a people uh, because 
um, companies are a microcosm of the country and the society that it operates in. Even if you talk about, say, you know, MNCs, um, it still has strong semblance to how that MNC's originating country is. For example, you know, you talk about Swedish companies, Volvo, IKEA, they actually exude the societal requirements and norms of Sweden. Uh, if you talk about German companies, same thing. And unfortunately, if you talk about Malaysian companies, same thing. Um, uh, you know, with it's both negative connotations as well as positive connotations. You, you, you take a look in Patronas, for instance, and Patronas's behaviors uh, across the seas. Um, they're actually quite warm. Uh, I've had enough uh, 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 comments coming in from uh, industry players, particularly energy players, that say that Patronas employees are rather warm. Uh, in nature compared to other players in other industries. So yes, uh, at the end of the day, when we talk about change in uh, you know Malaysia Incorporated or World Incorporated, it really starts from the society themselves. I don't think it's it, it you can demand change from the company. The change must come from society. You know, before we let Ivan go, uh, what would be some of your general comments when it comes to uh, International Women's Day and how do you think that the conversation when it comes to women has been progressing over the years? Do you feel that there's, you know, are we moving the needle or are we not? Um, you mean in, in globally or in, in Malaysia? No, uh, Malaysia specifically, yeah. Um, I think, I think, um, I think we are, I would like to believe that we are, we are moving the needle, you know? Um, but I, I still feel that there is still a lot of uh, tokenism, um, you know, um, that we need to move beyond. Um, so as, as you have earlier mentioned, is that, you know, companies and organizations are a re reflection of society. And I think that we still need to make progress uh, in, in the legal sense. There are a lot of legal shackles that, that, that hold Malaysian women back. Um, and then there are also cultural uh, shackles that, that we need to move beyond. Um, and honestly, I think that this is, you know, this is the battle that Malaysian women have to take on and fight, you know? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm always surprised, you know, sometimes you have these female empowerment seminars um, and there are four male speakers and one female speaker. And I'm like, what's going on here, right? I mean, uh, you know, this should be about female empowerment, right? Um, so, um, I think, I think there's, you know, the needle is moving. I think more has to be done. And, um, you know, I, I want to see more women stepping up, like the kind of, um, uh, stuff you guys are doing, you know, and, um, you know, championing these issues and, you know, telling people that, uh, you know, the female contribution, we, we cannot become an advanced nation without, uh, ignoring you know, more than 50% of the population or not fully tapping into their amazing set of talents. We just can't. If you look at all the top societies in the world, I mean, you know, I hate to bring up the Scandinavian example, but whether it's Finland or Sweden, these are countries where, you know, there's massive female representation at, at the political level, at the corporate level. So if we are to advance, we, you know, we, you know, we have to move to that stage. And uh, I am excited to see that. I am an optimist. I think it will happen. I'm I'm a realist, so so far no one has mentioned dressing up like Doraemon. Uh, so yes, there is hope for feminism and women empowerment in Malaysia. Final say, Yim. Uh, I think um, 
I think different parts of Malaysia view the role of women differently, which is common for any other country. And in light of that same notion, a lot of companies view women's role also differently. And I think that moving the needle is possible and ha has been seen in some parts, but it's too infrequent and too inconsequential for us to actually say that, you know, we are truly celebrating women's involvement in during International Women's Day. That's that's that, that's a long way to go, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Okay, thanks, Ivan, for joining us. Uh, and guys, uh, yeah, um, ex extreme pleasure. We love you, and we want to get you love on you too. the show a lot more. Um, and uh, really wish you all the best. All right, guys, take care. Thanks, Ivan. Take care. See you soon. And now we move on to our next segment called WFM or What's in It for Me. Uh, this segment basically talks about some of the ideas on how we can uh, build uh, that kind of uh, relative relevancy uh, when it comes to our discussions of the day uh, and uh, see if this can actually impact you and your life on a day-to-day -day basis. So since we're talking about um, women's involvement, women participation, women in tech, women in uh, 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 the role of society in trying to see how women... Uh, uh, plays a role in that society uh maybe uh, chua you can share with us because this is this is something a segment that i think you are really good at in terms of trying to bring about relevance um what do you think is important for uh, some of our friends who are listening in on this conversation uh when it comes to how this impacts them i'm trying to put myself in a position of um number one a woman so as a woman um the benefit is firsthand, isn't it? So if workplace is more uh, women-friendly, less discriminatory, yes, I am. I feel at ease. I feel capable of doing and giving my very best. Yes, but I'm trying to put on a pair of shoes and trying to place myself as a man. And I've grown up in this culture whereby um, it's a man's world. Uh, I grew up with this perspective um, that the workplace is for men and women don't really have a role or their role is better played out at home with the children. But, and I'm sorry, but I get it that narcissism is there, that, you know, you've not really belonged here before. Why should I make the change to include you? But I thought like doctors, plenty of doctors are women. Nearly all nurses are women. That is true. In the healthcare, uh, when we look at Asia Pacific numbers, um, about 60 to 70% of the healthcare workforce are women. Yeah. But yeah. of the leadership roles, only 25% are women. So it's that perpetuating idea that it's okay for women to work, but you do the more menial ones, you follow order because that's your place. Even at home, you are following orders. And that's sort of like perpetuating when you have on social media, um, current or past leaders in all sorts of political divides, um, giving that same idea and, well, 
preaching the same thing, basically. So here are six things you should do as a woman. And um, that defines what a good woman is. And if you don't do these six things, something really drastically bad will happen to you. I'm sorry, is that, is that going to be like uh, relevant to our uh, audience? All right. Uh, that's it for this segment for What's In It For Me. Uh, finally, we go for the wins and fails of the week. And this is the wins and fails of the week. Uh, let's talk about some of the wins and fails. Uh, for me, I'll start first. Uh, fails, of course, as I mentioned earlier, on uh, Invest Malaysia. Uh, not so much women per se. I mean, the failure of getting women on board is already a big fail. But yeah, there's no foreign investors uh, coming in into Invest Malaysia Summit. That's a big fail. Uh, wins is... Um, there's a lot more uh, 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 people celebrating International Women's Day, even if it's lip service, even if it's just, you know, IG poster or some tweet. Um, I'm monitoring uh, social uh, media uh, listening. Uh, I have a software um, uh, uh, where I work and it, the spike is quite humongous when it comes to IWD and it is also very important for us to compare it against past years. 2023 IWD celebration on social media is has skyrocketed compared to previous years. So that is a big win for me. I don't care if it's lip service, but at least the consciousness and the awareness is there. What about you? What are your wins and fails? Wins. Um, I really enjoyed what um Awani did for Women's Day. You guys really showed solidarity um so the women went out and did a whole bunch of shows just women and then the men just sat back and said you know this is your day take it and i understood that some of them actually received a lot of backlash you know who yeah. you are yeah. yeah and then they took it in stride and that's really really showing solidarity i'm really proud of you guys good good job good job thanks very much what about fields Fails. <laughs> How do I put this? So, in celebration of Women's Day, when we are um supposed to encourage women to uh celebrate their autonomy, celebrate their past um achievements, some people feel that International Women's Day is a platform or the day for them to. Um, advise women how to be women. Yes. Uh, okay, so that's about it. That's our wait, uh, wait, wait, what? Uh, our podcast is recently launched, uh, and of course, we're trying to see how far we can bring this podcast, uh, 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 you know, across. Uh, you can tweet to us, you can IG us, you can DM us, slide into our DMs, so to speak, at uh, dr Mastura Rosli, Dr. Mastura Rosli, or me at Ibrahim Sarinat. Uh, you can reach us on all social platforms that is known to men um, and women. Uh, Oh yes, and and women. So How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, we're very happy to receive uh, constructive criticism, or criticism, or outright, as long as you listen to us. That's the key point here. Uh, if you don't listen to us, we literally die. So don't let us die. Okay, so just enjoy uh, this conversation. If you don't, tell us how we can improve. Until then, this is me, Yim, and this is Chua. And catch you in the next one. Wait, what? Bye.